Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I am excited to have with us, um, coming to us from uh, the Minneapolis area, um, Shannon uh, Schnell, say hello. Hello, thank you for having me on. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I'm excited about the subject that we're going to talk about. I'll give a little sneak peek. We're going to talk about hiring and hiring tips in today's climate. Um, it's nice to have an expert on about this, um, especially in today when so many practices are struggling to um, staff um, and to, to keep their team intact. So um, Shannon, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got uh, into dentistry? Sure, sure. So I don't have a sweet story behind it. Like my parents were dentists or I had a special experience in childhood or I have this weird obsession with teeth. I literally wanted to be two things. I wanted to be an entrepreneur um, and I love science and healthcare. So rewind a little bit farther, you know, my junior year of high school, I wanted to be a stylist but I didn't want to be a stylist. I wanted to own a salon one day. Um, but I went back into um, the healthcare and dentistry field, and I started to take courses for pre-dentistry. Again, because I, I fell in love with dentistry um, and in the science background of it, but also wanted to own a business as a dentist one day. Um, to be honest, I got impatient and I went to the dental hygiene route instead. Um, and then here I am, now I'm a dental hygienist. I have an MBA and I run two businesses that serve uh, private dental practices. So that's my story in a nutshell. Yeah. So, um, you know, not everybody has to be orphaned and adopted by dentists to inspire them to uh, get into the industry. So, um, you know, obviously everybody gets to, to where they're at um, one way or the other. So, how did you go from practicing hygiene? Like when you were practicing hygiene and you were working as a hygienist, um, what, first of all, tell me what you liked about it. And then tell me how you ended up deciding to become a consultant. What made you stop wanting to work on patients and start working with people who help patients? Yeah. So when I graduated hygiene school, the first job I ever had was a temporary dental hygienist. I never had a job that I worked Monday through Thursday in the same practice. And so I started working in all of these different offices and started to get a really gain interest in the business side of dentistry. So I would ask myself, okay, I'm in two practices in the same city today or this week. Why is the practice down the road struggling? The patients aren't happy. The team isn't happy. Um, they're not efficient with things, all of these different things. And then the practice I'm at today is, is thriving. And so I developed an interest in the systems that go into private practice dentistry. Um, and then I purchased into the staffing agency I was working for at the time. I was then approached by, um, there was doctors purchasing a practice and they knew I was just completing my MBA and they asked me to manage their practice. Um, so I um, managed a $5 million practice with over 20 employees for over five years and learned wow. that position from scratch. Um, and yeah, it just kind of morphed into coaching from there. Um, I've always had the staffing and recruiting agency, but really, really enjoy the coaching aspect. 
Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's certainly some great accomplishments in your experience. Um, certainly going to be helpful in today's environment, what you're going to talk about. Um, we both, we talked about this a little bit before we started. We know practices are really struggling to hire right now. And I, I think, and I, I think you would agree with us that a lot of practices are making quick hiring decisions out of what they believe is a necessity. And they're not necessarily turning out to be good or, or productive hiring decisions. So give us some help. Help, help us um, inform dentists and, and practice managers and owners. How do you hire? How do you make smart hires? What are some tips that you can give us? Sure. And I think you hit the nail on the head. And I heard the most clever thing a couple of weeks ago, and I, I could not stop laughing. It was funny. It, but don't shop when you're hungry, right? And that's what a lot of practices are doing, because they have a seat to fill, whether it's at the front office, or it's in the operatory, and hire, even though you're tempted, and you, you may feel the need to hire fast, don't. But there are a lot of different things that, that practices can do from a simplicity standpoint to help attract the right candidates. Um, and I have a few tips for you guys. So number one, uh, create a clearing ad and creative content with that. So every office that is hiring needs to create an ad, but offices will approach us and say, we've had an ad out, we aren't getting candidates. And we'll say, okay, let's take a look at your ad. And there's trigger words in there, such as we want people to be punctual, reliable, or have a positive personality. My favorite is no drama, please, or be prepared to work in a fast-paced office. None of that is exciting to me. I mean, every it's dentistry. Everybody's busy, right? But nobody wants to work in this perceived fast-paced office. So these are all words that we don't necessarily need to include in our ad. We want to attract dental professionals not necessarily high school students, right, that are learning how to be punctual and reliable. It's a little bit demeaning. And so making sure that those trigger words aren't in your ad, um, making your ad stand out differently. You know, in any given city, especially in Minnesota, there could be 80, you know, ads out for the same position in the same city. Um, and so what what makes you stand out differently? You know, our, our NBA team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. You have the Vikings, right? So if you're the official dentist of that particular sports team or you specialize in sports dentistry, that's kind of cool. If you got voted top place to work, that's kind of cool. If you take your team on a retreat, if you're invested in your community, all of these things you want to sprinkle, sprinkle in your ad somehow um, to gain SEO and attraction for the ad on whatever search engine that you have it on. You want to put the name of the of the title. Let's say it's a dental assistant. You want that in your ad about three to five times. Um, And then compensation is last thing about ads is if you list specific compensation, you're going to increase um, attraction to that ad over 40 percent. This gets a little. Can you say that say that one more time because that's a big number, 40 percent. Say that one more time. So let's say so if you put in specific compensation into your ad starting at X per hour or annual salary of X per hour, you're going to get a 40% more engagement for your ad than a, than an ad that does not have specific compensation. People are combing the ads with their eyes and they want to see what they want to see. And if that compensation isn't on there, they, and somebody else's is that's attracted, attractive for them, um, they might go with the other office, right? Sure. The other 80 that's out there. So, but it gets tricky, right? Because if you have, people in your practice that look on this particular job board, they might say, wow, I didn't start off there. Um, So you do have to be careful with it, depending on what situation you're in as a practice. So 
That is tip number one. Number two, post um, post away, post your ad on online job boards. I would I would recommend something that's local to your practice because you're going to get more engagement than more of a national um, company. Um, any networking groups, if you're close to the School of Dentistry in your state, they have alumni boards, community colleges, all of that, all great places to post um, for jobs. And if you're in a rural practice, uh, wherever in the country, you know, you might have cities that still utilize a, a newspaper, or a newsletter, a town newsletter that you could put that into. Um, so you just have to be creative with that. And don't be scared to enlist. Uh, uh, help of a recruiting agency again that's local to you because they'll know um, different ways tricks and tips to to find a candidate for you um, third review resumes and conduct background checks right now we have to be very patient with resumes because you know five six seven years ago we would put out an ad and we would get 60 resumes right and you could chuck them in the trash if they had a typo now you kind of have to look past that, right, because of the job market and give the candidate a benefit of the doubt with that. Um, and then you always want to do background checks. This is the biggest thing that is missed, and it's the easiest thing within the hiring process. I could tell stories and stories about things that we find, you know, two in particular, I'll just share with you, not the details, but we had a situation where there's a practice manager calling um to get, gain more services. And we ended up doing uh, a search on her. Huge cry. All you had to do is Google this woman, multiple felonies, theft, and she's managing, you know, a multi-million dollar business. And so who didn't, who didn't do a background check on them? Right. Um, there's a lot of other scary situations and you have to be careful with that. So when we do background checks, anything with check fraud, theft, violence, like disorderly conduct, they're all red flags to us. Um, something like, you know, I'm not condoning it, but something like a substance of some substance issue one time 15 years ago, you know what people make mistakes and have lapse in judgment. So you have to really be careful when you're hiring and it doesn't cost anything. Every state has a judicial look, criminal lookup uh, database. Um, and you can go right on there and see everything that you need to know. So let me let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. I, and you know we don't we don't give it legal advice on this unless you know the the, the person uh, is a lawyer on this program. Um, I believe, with that being said, I believe it is illegal in most states, if not federally, to ask somebody to provide um, access to their social media accounts. So I know that's something that you don't want to do. But do you believe? that you should take a peek and snoop around people's social media accounts? You know, if you're obviously, if you're able to find the person, is that something you'd recommend looking at? I mean, you can, but I don't know. What are, what are you going to find? You know, that's something that's not in line. I remember when I was in my MBA program, we had this recruiter come in and she's, you know, she's like, if you have a picture of yourself at the cabin, you need to take that off the internet. And I think we've grown a lot as, as a society, you know, a, a picture of yourself at a cabin with a beer in your hand or something. And it's like, I don't know that everybody lives normal lives. And I don't know, you can take a look, but I guess that's sure. up to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're on, are we on step number? We're on step number four. four. Um, Yes, I have eight, so we'll cruise along here. Okay. Um, schedule schedule a phone interview. So if you get a resume that you like, don't have them in your practice right away because 
I'm all about efficiency, right? Save yourself the time, do a 15 minute phone interview or practices are moving to Zoom interviews. Why? Because the candidate doesn't have to wear a mask and you guys can be a little bit more comfortable um, on that platform. Um, Number five, call on professional references. I used to roll my eyes at this step because it's like whoever they're going to put on their resume is going to say glowing things about them. Right. But you'll find it's the process that you want to look at. So is it taking them a week to get you references or can they get it to you in 20 minutes? Um, Is the phone number a bad phone number on there? Because we've ran into that too. So still call on professional references, even though 99.9% of the time they're going to be glowing, right? And sure. and if their previous employer isn't on there, um, you can ask why. Um, that's kind. Of, it's not a red flag, but just something to, to question too. Right. Um, step six, schedule a second interview at the practice, of course. Um, and then after that, you can, which is step seven, um, you can schedule what I call either an observation visit or a working interview. So yes, you do have to pay for working interviews and you have to run it through payroll, not as a 1099 contractor. Um, So that would be, you know, seeing patients or if they have their hands in the schedule, even practicing for scheduling, it's a working interview. Um, The alternative to that is say, okay, Susie, come back and why don't you observe our front office for an hour? Then you don't have to pay for something that is an observation visit. So um, that's a question that we get asked a lot too. And um, just to shed some light on that. And the last thing, the, Shannon, the one of the, Shannon, yeah, go ahead. Kim, let, me, and let me ask you a quick question. Why is it that you have to pay on, why do you have to run it through payroll on a W-2 as opposed to paying it just the 1099 for the day? Oh, okay. So there's certain industries that violate the 1099 contract. And, and let's, let's all be clear that I'm not an accountant, but sure. I've gone through it, right? Because I want a staffing agency and I went through it. So there's a gray area between what is a W-2 employee and what is a 1099 contractor. And a lot yeah. of offices think it's okay to pay a 1099 contractor, but I'll ask you, are they bringing their own instruments? Are they bringing their own patients? What, I mean, if you look at your state website, the difference, does, does it check all the boxes and it's not going to? Now on the flip side, are you going to get in trouble, right? Like what kind of check are you cutting? $100 or whatever? I mean, what's the ramifications if you do that? I'm not saying that practices don't, but if you want to be, you know, by the book, you do need to run it through payroll. Okay. Fair enough. So what's uh, step eight? Step eight is you want to draft an offer letter. This is also a step that gets missed um, and it comes back to bite practices sometimes. Sometimes. So the offer letter says, you know, what their compensation is, all of their benefits, including, I mean, down to the amount of hours of PTO, and when those benefits start, so typically the benefits start after the 90-day probationary period, all of that's listed on the offer letter. So they can't ever come back and say, you know, oh, you offered me X amount of PTO in our, that's what you said. And it's like, well, let's look at what the document says um, mm-hmm. and go ahead and give that to them and put it in their employee file um, in addition to their role description. Now, it's really important to have a role description at the front office. So you guys can have an agreed upon on what they're supposed to be doing and what tasks, because all of the tasks at the front office vary in skill level and all of that too. So, um, and if they're a dental hygienist, maybe they have additional duties, whatever you guys agreed upon needs to be in writing. Um, and that's something that's, that's missed as well. Sure. And that, those are all my steps. Yeah, those are excellent. And I'm, I love how prepared you were for today. And, that makes it uh, so easy and so helpful and so 
so convenient for our audience. So I really appreciate that. I'm going to go to step number one. I, I believe step number one was the, your, your ad, correct? The ad that you put together. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you gave some advice on there that I think is critical and couple of little tiny steps within that step number one, you know, is making sure that you have the job title or the description and the ad multiple times, right? To, to not turn mm-hmm. people away um, from the ad, I think is, you know, absolutely brilliant. I think to including the income in there, I think is a really good thing too. And, and you know, you're an expert here. I'm not. Um, I've always seen, I've seen, I've always used a range personally when hiring um, because I think you're going to get a range, right? Of skills, talent, what have you. Um, mm-hmm. But I do agree if you, if you don't put the, you know, if you don't put a salary amount in there, they're just going to assume it's low. It's so low. They don't want to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And they're so bad. It's kind of like if you saw an ad for a used car and it doesn't have the miles in it or the price, you okay. either think that right. it's way overpriced or it has a million miles on it, one or the other. So um, that's really great advice. Now you have, a, you mentioned you have two businesses. Um, can you give us the elevator pitch on each one? Oh, elevator pitch. Yeah. So uh, uh, Crown Staffing, we provide two services, very simple, well-oiled machine. We've been in business for 10 years. Um, we provide temporary services for all, all um, positions within the office, including dentists, so locum tenant services. Um, the second op- uh, thing that we offer is professional recruiting. So we have a very great package. We create um, ad content for practices, video content, images. We vet the candidates, do the background checks, and pretty much all the legwork up until, and then we present it to the to the practice with candidates. So they can continue practicing dentistry, and we can do all of the legwork for them. Um, and then the second, uh, company that I run is a dental consulting company. And although you, I mean, you know, very well that businesses specialize in a few areas and then also have a secret menu. Our secret menu is huge, but what we specialize in is this, the three components of the front office, um, dental hygiene team, and then helping the assistant and doctor work together to see more patients and really empower the assistant to do all of his or her skills. So the doctor can see more patients and they're not just holding a suction. So um, we have a lot of fun and it's, and it's great. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, it's a dental consulting uh, co um, dot com uh, yes. is your consulting practice. Your, what's the URL? What's the web address for your staffing company? Uh, Crown dental staffing.com. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Shannon, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I encourage our audience to reach out to you. Those eight steps are brilliant. Um, I think this is an episode people should keep and, and re-listen to multiple times um, every time that they, they need to make a, a new hire. So uh, Shannon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. Take care. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.